what's going on, y'all? It's your boy So So. In case you ain't no so, and welcome back to another dope episode of Sports with So So. Coming to you live, y'all. This week, the Dolphins get a big victory versus the Jets at home and make the playoffs with a little bit of help from our neighbors up north. The Heat have a very successful West Coast road trip, but suffered a controversial loss at home versus the Nets. Matthew Kachuk gets named the All-Star for the Panthers as they've won two out of their last three and get ready for the second half of the season. It's time to take a ride, y'all. Let's go! Alright, before we get started, you know that this mission continues. If you haven't already, make sure to head over to our YouTube channel. We just dropped a lot of content on there today and, well, yesterday and today. And go check it out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. Drop a comment. Let us know what you're doing if you haven't already. We're on that road to 500 subscribers, y'all. Make sure to join us. And now... I'm gonna bring in Joel, who's not on camera today. Not uh, on, not on the uh, the old tube, no. per se. But I'm here. I'm here he for half his face. If we have any, let me know. Listen, if you guys listen to the show on on podcast platforms, traditional podcast platforms, whether it's Google, Spotify, iTunes, let me know. Let us know in the comments, yo. On our latest posts, whichever one you know you're hearing this on. Hey, I listen to the show on this platform because I don't know, but that that's why. I, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm not doing it for the for the video for the YouTube guys. That's what your mug is for today. Thanks, bro. Uh, but no, we're trying to get it out there. So uh, you know, unfortunately, we're we're a little limited on our capabilities. So for sure, we want to get you guys the YouTube episode, the YouTube viewers, the episode. Uh, to, you know, so that they can at least have us talking about and whatever's going on. And frankly, if we're being honest, man, we've got. We got a lot of stuff that we're working on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? We've had a very busy weekend. Um, we had the interview with Kevin Gleason up in Sunrise. Shout out to Kev, man, for letting us in. Stay ready, athletics. If you haven't already, check them out on Instagram. Man, this guy's doing big work in that boxing fight world community. So Interviews dropping on Friday. Yes, sir. Coming out. Um, we had the OnlyFans, right? Big celebration of us making the playoffs. Um, continue to do the podcast today. And we got a big week ahead of us as well, so... Always busy over here at Sports with oh, Social, yeah. man. It's nonstop, bro. I mean, what's that line say? It's a rolling, uh, not a clock watch. Bitch, it don't stop. Wow. Something like that. Butchered that. Butchered it, but I'm not a rapper. You know, I'm not <laughs> a, a rapper. It's a rolling, not a stopwatch. There it is, you know? There it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about that, man. Let's let's get into the this Dolphins victory, right? The Dolphins get a big win at home versus the Jets. A lot of people had a lot of questions. Dolphins fans specifically had a lot of questions about this team and mainly what Skyler Thompson was going to be able to do, right? Uh, we knew that Armstead was going to be out. We knew that there was another, uh, you know, a couple other guys that were going to be missing this game. But ultimately, we knew that we had to win that game. And it was an ugly game. If you watched it from front to back like you and I did, bro, you know that shit was an ugly, ugly game. And that's what we expected, if we're being honest, right? No, absolutely. It was. It was a dogfight. What was the final score? 12 to 6? 11 to 6. 11 to 6. Right? There you go. Very so weird. on you everything you need to know. Yeah, definitely. But like, even when, when, you know, watching the game, dog, right? As I'm taking my notes, getting ready for OnlyFans, make sure to go check that out. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the game and I'm thinking to myself, bro, this, this is, this is going to be one of those ugly, ugly games, right? Where 
both teams are going to look bad. Neither one of them is really going to take the opportunity when it presents itself. And that's exactly what we saw, man. Like the, the, the one good thing that I would say as far as watching the game from a Dolphins fan and being entertained was the running game. We saw the emergence of our running game and what it could look like, even in the worst no, of situations. It wasn't the emergence of it. We've seen it already. Really, but not enough, and that's what we've been talking about all season long. Right, the fact that we haven't had this leads to Tua throwing the ball 40, 50 times, and that's what where injuries happen. Yeah, yeah, and and but yes, it was nice to see him change the game plan going into this game, knowing we didn't have Tua, knowing we didn't have Teddy going sure. with the rookie in a game which is win or go home. It's nice to see McDaniel adjust the run game and put the ball on the ground, what, 27 times? Yeah. Three different running backs? Well, more than that, because other guys got carries, right? Amon had that big carry, but between Wilson and Mostert, those guys, Mostert, both of those guys were extremely productive on Sunday. Extremely. I got bad news. Yeah, hit hit the fans up with that bad news, brother. Raheem Mostert ran really well that game, but he suffered a broken thumb, so he is out. Potentially in this game? Potentially. We don't know. I mean, right? a running back needs a stump. Huh? You need to grip the ball, dog. Exactly. And that's kind of the same thing that we were talking about with Teddy. How quickly is going to be able to recover from a fractured, broken finger in order to grip it and throw it? Pinky's, no. Pinky's very important. No. So we know it's either going to be Tua returning, right? Or Skyler's getting one more chance to start and getting an opportunity to start a playoff game. Mm, but you just you just said something there that... There's question marks around, mm. and I want to ask you, do you think Tua clears concussion protocol in time for him to play in this game? Because that's right now what is going on right now with the Tua situation. It's so tough, right? Because like, if you really look at it from a human perspective, right? From a human perspective, you're like, yeah, maybe this guy shouldn't play this game, right? And not because of the long-term damage, whatever. It's still fresh. It's still fresh. You've already suffered three concussions in the year. It's like, that's that might be you've given enough to the team, right? You've given more than your body, bro. You've given way more than that. So maybe it's not fair of us, right, as Dolphins fans, to ask to to come back. That's the human side of it. Now, if you're looking at X's and O's, game planning, all this stuff, you, you you're trying to tell yourself, okay, I'm in this tournament. I need to make the best of it. How can I? Give myself and my team the best chance to win and advance, right? Because that's the whole thing. You win, you advance. Right. You got to look at two in that same line and say, damn, this is the dude that helps us become even more dangerous to a team like Buffalo, to a team like Cincinnati, to a team like Baltimore, whoever we would have faced in the playoffs, right? To say, all right, I, I got my best guy out there in that in that critical position that is quarterback. Do I think he makes it? <clears throat> Right now, being Monday, what time is it, bro? 6.37. No, I don't think he plays. Now, if by, and, and you know, McDaniel came out and had the, you know, he still hasn't cleared level three, level four, level five. What, what Can you give a little context as to what that means? Yes, of course. So when now with the NFL concussion protocol, right, there are certain levels that, that has to be cleared by the doctors, right? Um, mainly the neurologist, um, which is specializing in the brain trauma. And he has to make sure that he clears those five levels. And each one of those levels have different tests, right? One of them might be a memory test. The other one might be a put a certain, you know, tell us where you were on this date type thing. And each step progressively knows, shows you that, all right, this person is, is more and more conscious. They start to remember things that had happened from that game or, or since then. Tool hasn't got there yet. 
He's still on that third level. And he would need to clear that fifth level in in order to be eligible to play on Sunday, one o'clock against the Bills. Will he make it in time? I don't know. Yeah, because, but meantime, sorry to cut you off, but meantime, he can't even practice because he still hasn't cleared it. Right, and that's the, that's that was my next question was if he clears, you know, on Friday, that doesn't give him any time to practice. You know, would you play a rusty two week tour that's coming off of a concussion, or do you keep going with who as of today and tomorrow? Right now, Skyler's going to be taking the, the the first team snaps and and practices, so. That's a that's gonna be a big decision for Mike McDaniels. Huge! I'm so I, glad I'm not the one making that decision. You know, I, th- I think a lot of it rides on the decision being made before before Wednesday, for sure, or even Thursday. As you, far you, as you can make clearing. the decision Thursday, right? Because I don't know if that's enough time. So, well, what really changes? A full day of practice. Yes, but but let's look at it from again X's and O's, right? The playbook with two is the playbook, the full playbook, because this dude has mastered every single level of it. That's a full playbook. So if we know that two is going to play, we know that everything's on the table as far as play calling goes. Right? Now, does Tua need that much extra time to prepare for a team that he's going to be seeing for the third time? Probably not. Probably not. He probably has a ton of film, a tons of like personal notes that he's taken, right, from his film studies and stuff like that against the Bills to see what he can improve on, what they do defensively and whatnot. So I I don't I don't think like Tua needs that extra day of practice to get ready for Buffalo. Skyler, on the other hand, he may need it, but we also know that if Skyler's going to be the one starting, then he's going to be. We know that playbook is getting reduced, like significantly, because even on Sunday in the game, we heard the announcers saying that, like, "Oh, this is the fourth time they run this play. This is the third time. This is the fifth time they run this play." That just shows you how limited we were when it came to play calling. Right with Skyler, which is okay because, like, I, like we talked about earlier, we relied on the running game. Twenty-seven carries between our two big dogs, and they ended up getting one hundred forty-three yards as a team, uh, as a as a duel. Right, awesome day running the ball, and it really allowed us to control the flow of the game, the clock, right, time of possession, and and feel, and play the field advantage game, which ultimately led us to win the game. And some big field goals. And some huge field goals by Jason Sanders. And a lot of people, including you and I, we wrote him off this year because we saw him go, not wrote him off, but we just saw the inconsistency in his game. Yeah, I wouldn't say we wrote him off. We were just underwhelmed and disappointed with his, you know, lack of performance when we needed him. Easy points. Yeah. And and look, he's had a tough, tough season this this season. It's been tough for him. I, I, I don't doubt that. And I'm sure he can admit that as well. But for him to score all, well, not all of those points, but just score nine points, hit that game-winning field goal 50-yarder when we've seen him struggle, right, outside of 45 yards, that was major. That was major for him and his confidence, right? Um, and even for the confidence of the team to say, all right, we can rely on Jason if we do make it a close game against Buffalo, you know? And even, you know, the, the team's confidence has to be really sky high. You break a five-game losing streak, right? Uh, you make the playoffs, Tua's healthy. Nobody really got injured that game. Snow got hurt, but we don't know what what, uh, what his level of availability is going to be for Sunday. I'm sure he'll be playing or at least available. Man, you you have to be feeling positive, you know? Mike McDaniel won his fucking first challenge as a coach. Like, those are all things that you can look at when you break down the film as a team and say, yo, we did well. We didn't lose a turnover battle, right? Our rookie kept the ball, kept us in the game. Our defense held up when they needed to, made some big stops, made some big sacks. 
Chris Chris Wilkins is is my I swear I swear he's my MVP for the season. That guy is like. It's incredible how much energy he plays with, how much strength he plays with. And when you look back at the film, the impact that that dude was having on defense, him and Siegler, that one-two combo is nasty, bro. Nah, it's a one-two-three. Like, most guys have a one-two combo. We have a one-two-three, bro, between... Him and Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, those guys are killing it. I mean, those guys are are playing amazing, man. Even though they're they're not, you know, they could be getting to the quarterback a little bit more, but I think guys are just game planning, game planning to that, stacking the line and making sure they're double teaming all of these guys so that they can't get through. Um, But one thing I wanted to ask you though is, you know, you're saying that the Dolphins should feel confident after a win, which is, you know, it's logical, especially snapping a losing streak like that. But if we're going in there with our backup rookie who showed us this week, we can't really get into the end zone. True. Do you think that against a Buffalo team, a performance like this week is going to get it done? No, it won't. If you know, just bluntly, it's not going to get it done. We can't play like this and go into Buffalo and even think that we have a chance. And you know what? If Skyler does start, I feel like he should feel free to throw the ball. However the hell he sees fit. If you want to sling in downfield, bro, this is the game to go for it. If they're going to play with no safety over the top, one safety over the top, because they're trying to put all that pressure on you, sling it, bro. Because this is your, <clears throat> I don't want to say it's your last opportunity, but who knows, man? You probably won't start a playoff game again for what, another three years, four years? If things go right for the Dolphins. So if I'm Skyler, I'm, 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 th- I'm telling myself, bro, just go for it. Go for it this game. Feel confident. The guys are behind you. Nobody's going to blame you if we lose this game and the season ends. Like, you're not the cause of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it'll suck to lose the game and be the starting quarterback, but this season isn't on Skyler. And us losing in the playoffs wouldn't be on Skyler, regardless of how the game ends, even if he throws a pick six to end the game. Like, I, I still wouldn't put that on Skyler because, like, you know what? He shouldn't have even been there. Tua should have been healthy enough. That should have been the guy in there. So I, I feel like, you know, Skyler should be... F- playing with house money basically man you know when it comes to that so i feel confident i think the team feels confident in him you know um if you saw the clips that the dolphins posted after the game mcdaniel's talking to the team um and when he when he shouted out skyler locker went locker went wild man because they know how hard it is for that kid to to do what he did that game you know and and they stepped up the defense needed a game like this where it's like you know what yeah we're facing an old quarterback but we're not gonna let this guy light us up you know um, and again, I can't say enough about Wilkins, bro. Six total tackles, four solo tackles, broke his own record from last year by four. It, last year had 88 tackles. This year had 92 tackles. Like, probably the most in 25 years as a defensive tackle. Progressively gets better every season. Every season, you know. And then again, we just saw everything happen when it, when it needed to happen for the Dolphins, in my opinion, you know. Um, and, then, and even something cool that I saw during the game. Uh, it was the first time since week nine of 1993, damn near 20 years ago, bro, 30 years ago, um, that both starting QBs were rocking the number 19, dog. <laughs> Chiefs and the Dolphins were playing that day. It was Joe Montana and the Chiefs versus Miami Dolphins. And um, I think the quarterback was, what's his name, dog? Damn it. I have it. Mitchell, Scott Mitchell. Crazy, dog. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, yeah, man. Now we get the matchup that we wanted. We're in the playoffs. Obviously, we didn't want to be the number seven seed. We would have preferred and had a chance to be in a higher seed, right? Now we got to face the Bills at home on a Sunday. 
I don't know, man, that Molster injury kind of killed us a little bit, right? Because that broken thumb may be an issue for him to carry the ball. Still no word from McDaniels whether or not Tua is going to be available. I know that in the press conference he had this afternoon um, addressing the media, he mentioned that as a as a team, they're going to have to produce game plans for all three quarterbacks to say, and then once Friday comes, when it's time to make the decision to say, all right, this is our starter, then they'll have the most information and the game plan will be ready for that, whatever the decision may be. That's why when you asked me earlier, I think McDaniel would be doing himself uh, injustice if he didn't game plan for all three quarterbacks. You know, and, and the fact that he mentioned it today shows you that's where we're at. You know, we're very uncertain in that position. Everything else is pretty much certain. We know that Armstead is gonna gonna play, whether you gotta put him out there on a dolly and strap him into it, right? Still better probably than whatever any other guy you Little. put in his position. What's his name? Eric Little? Yeah. Um, I hope that Connor has a back a better game than he did this game because he had like four bad snaps that could have killed Skyler Thompson. Um, one of them did kill the drive where we had where we had a potential touchdown. I don't know. We're gonna have to play clean football, and I don't know if this team is cl- capable of playing clean football for forty eight minutes. I don't know. Uh, not forty eight minutes, whatever, an hour, however long a football game is, fifteen minute quarters, three hours, three hours. Football time. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. It's an hour of football <laughs> on the field. Um, hey man, on this show, on this very show, a couple weeks ago, we were questioning the Dolphins' future. We were the team, you know, the team's future, certain players' futures, and all that. We still made the playoffs. We still are, but I mean, you still are. For me, for right now. <laughs> It's it's a matter of Sunday. That's all that matters right now. Nothing else matters right now but Sunday. We hey. haven't been in the playoffs since 2016 when yeah. we lost. Yeah, yeah. First round exit. We don't want that to happen, at least not in that fashion. If it's a good game with Buffalo and Buffalo beats us, I can live with that. Right. But if they go and they dog us, then that's when, people, that's when people go, the Dolphins didn't deserve being there. That's a tougher pill to swallow. That's what a lot of people are saying. Well, maybe they're right, Joel, because sneaking into the playoffs is one thing that we did not want to do, right? When we set up our goals for this team early on in the season for on the podcast, one of the main things that we talked about was don't sneak into the freaking playoffs. Have some momentum into the playoffs where you give yourself a legitimate shot of winning the game versus whoever you face. We're one in six, <laughs> one in five in our last six games heading into the playoffs. That's not the momentum that we wanted to carry. Now, granted, the goal is still was still the same. Make the playoffs first, then be competitive. We accomplished step one. Are we going to be able to accomplish step two? A lot of that depends on whether two is going to play, dog. And right now, we just don't know it. You know, I'm hopeful, really. Uh, I'm sure if you ask Tua, he's dying to play. I'm sure he was dying to play on Sunday, right? Um, we saw that picture of him in the tunnel and that video of him hugging all the players and shit when they were coming out the, off the field after the big win. Um, him and most are there just enjoying that with their teammates, you know? I'm sure Tua wants to play on Sunday. Will he? Doubtful. If he doesn't play, I don't expect us to win. I expect us to keep it relatively close, relatively close. But that also depends on Skyler, you know, Stepping up and taking his chances, man. Why not, dog? Take the chances. Because I, I know I can specifically off the top of my head, man, remember two plays 
right? Where one of them was in the second half. I think it was mid third quarter or like late third quarter where he took the snap and he saw Tyreek Hill. There was that one-on-one with the safety. And then he started going like towards the hat outer like sideline and Skyler looked like he wanted to throw it, held on to it and hit a check down. That's okay for that Jets game because that was a defensive battle type game. Don't make the big mistake on in this game versus Buffalo where you're on the road and you're the underdog and you got nothing to lose, everything to gain, you need to throw that ball and give your guy a chance. And even Tyreek Hill, <clears throat> we talked about it on OnlyFans. He looked half speed. He looked like he was still nursing an ankle injury, right? And, and coming off the, the field for an extended period and then coming back on. Will he be as healthy? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know yet. It's Monday, right? I don't know yet how to feel as far as confidence-wise with this team because there's still a lot of left to be discovered or, or to be found out and solidified. Who's playing at quarterback? Is Armstead playing? Um, you know, who's who's playing the other lineman spot? Is Mostert going to line up? Who's out for Buffalo? Right? It's tough, man. Buffalo's playing with a lot of emotion right now, dude. A lot of emotion. A lot oh, yeah. of emotion. And shout out to Mark Hamlin. He just got uh, sent home. Yeah, man. He got discharged. Yeah, man. I lo- love to see that. L- you know, these guys are people first. You know, they're humans first, man. So anytime we get to see somebody suffer something and come out of it, man, that's always good news and positive vibes, you know? It's not going to be easy, man, but no. we're in the playoffs, baby. So now that we're in the playoffs, let's talk about it. Give me your predictions. Oh, man. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride the delusional dolphin train, dolphin train because uh, we just we just won. So I'm back on the train. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna win this game. We're gonna win this game. Twenty four, twenty three. Wow, that's high scoring, man. I feel like if we do win this game, it's gonna be twenty to seventeen. Twenty to seventeen. If we win this game. I'm not thinking I defense. We need defense. We need a defensive touchdown we and one it. touchdown from Skyler. That could be enough to win the game. That could be enough to win the game. And I feel like Jason is going to go out there and hit a banger. You know, might not be a 50 yarder, but he's going to go out there and hit a banger, man. Um, and even with the Dolphins, bro, we got a lot of stuff planned for them. We're going to do an OnlyFans, obviously, for the playoff game. Um, and we're going to have a special guest. So make sure to tune in for that. Should we announce a special guest? Hold it down. Whatever you want to do, dog. Up to you. Yeah. Ah, why not, man? The special guest is Allie Goodman, aka Dolph Freaky. She is the Miami Dolphins Super Fan of the Year for 2022, and uh, she's going to be heading to the Super Bowl uh, representing the Miami Dolphins. And we can't wait to have her on the show. Um, shout out to Empire Boutique where we're going to be hosting the interview, and it's going to be a dope vibe, man. Martin's going to be there. It's going to be a big production. So, like I said earlier, make sure you're subscribed. Hit that like, drop a comment because OnlyFans is going to be bringing you that amazing content, man. And hopefully a Dolphins victory, right? Let's get hopefully, it. Hopefully, baby. Hopefully Let's... we're talking about Dolphins victory in the next round of the playoffs instead of a recap of our of the season. season. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's ho- let's be hopeful. Let's be hopeful. Um, That's all we can be. For sure. A team I, have, I still have hope for, right, is the Miami Heat. Uh, what an what a impressive West Coast trip they had, man. Honestly, uh, they didn't win as many games as I wanted to, right? I would have liked to see them win, but they did get big victories. And by big victories, I mean, not necessarily against big opponents, but just being in the game, having the opportunity to win the game and closing it out. Um, 
I knew that that West Coast trip would have really either solidified the heat as a team that's up and coming, right? Like getting their bearings together, getting healthier, uh, putting guys in position to, to say, all right, this is your role. This is what we need from you. You play a little bit of defense. You shoot the three when it comes to you. And it ultimately was, bro. And, you know, starting that road, that road trip against a tough, tough team in like Denver, where we talked about it, right? And, and losing that game and then turning that into a positive experience, I felt like the Heat did exactly what they aimed to do on that West Coast road trip. You know, you get the big victory against um, Utah. You get the big victory against the Clippers. You lose a whack game to the Lakers, but then you fall to the Lakers, and then you follow it up, right, with a win against Phoenix. No LeBron either on that Lakers. That would have been four out of five on that West Coast road trip. Four out of five, right? Now, yeah, when we look back at it, that Lakers loss is going to suck, right? That Lakers loss is going to suck because it's like you said, um, no LeBron, no AD. Um, who's that other third scorer that, that's been playing really well for them? Lonnie, uh, Walker, Lonnie Walker. You know, and in the Heat, for whatever reason, just gave that game away, you know? But I want to, like, last year at this point, the Heat were 26 and 15. And everybody was super confident on the Heat, right? It was like, well, shit, we've put some good streaks together. We've looked good against our our true rivals as far as making it to the conference finals. This year, you know, 21 and 20. And even though we've won nine out of our last 14 games, right? Even though we've won nine out of our last 14 games. Trending, trending. We're trending in in the right direction. It still doesn't feel like it's gonna be enough. Does that make sense? Like, it feels like there's still something missing from the sure. team. <clears throat> sure, because nothing has changed. I mean, just because you win a couple more games and your win percentage goes up a little bit, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that now we're all of a sudden a playoff four and playoff contender. For sure. It's, it still feels like, you know, unless from here to the playoffs, something happens with somebody's performance or some another level is unlocked or something like that, you know, we still feel like there's something missing. And, who knows? Maybe it's Victor Oladipo. He's been playing very well as of late. Yeah. And, you know, he uh, he was missing early on in the season when we were losing. We didn't know when he was going to come back. And then since he's come back, we started doing a little bit better. So maybe it could be him. Maybe it's a move. Maybe it's a trade later on. Maybe it's, uh, the you know, our young guys, Tyler Hero and Bam, keeping, you know. The pace. The pace on what they're doing night in and night out. For sure. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of questions, but I, I get what you mean. Yeah, there, there, it still feels like there's something missing. For sure, because like if you think about it, the problems still remain, right? You look at, look, you look at that Clippers game. Had an 18-point lead in the third quarter. Blew it. You know, recovered it in the fourth, thanks to good defense, right, where we really clamped down. But in that third quarter, Paul George um, uh, was able to just light us up. The guy hit like four threes in a row. And nobody has a score. He is. But but still, like, you know, we caught two timeouts in that span where they came back and closed out that lead, right? That's the shit that I'm like, damn, bro. Like, if if we have a lead, let's keep the lead. Maybe they, you, you, maybe you're not going to win every game by 18 points or keep an 18-point lead. But, bro, be up by nine. Be up by eight. Be up by ten. Especially if you have that, not bringing all the way down where they tie the game or they're only or we're only up by two points or some shit like that. And then you got to rely on your defense to kind of bail you out, because even in that game, Bam killed it. Bam had 31 points, 13 rebounds, uh, seven of eight from the free throw line. Like, you know, like you said, Oladipo played well. Had He had 15 points that game. Uh, Tyler was five of nine from three that game. We should have 
kept that lead. It shouldn't have been as close as that game was. Um, and, and the score will kind of mislead you, 110 to 100, but those are free throws at the end, right? That kind of push it. These guys are shooting threes to tie, to make the game closer. They're missing, and then we get another free throw. So yeah, the 10-point lead looks nice at the end, but that's not how the game went. Same thing with the Lakers game. You know, you beat the Clippers, and you're like, all right, well, now we're going to face a team that's depleted. We just got a victory. Get our confidence up. Let's go in there and, and get a, a victory against this weak-ass Lakers team. Dog. What happened there, so? Completely gave the game away, man. End up losing 112 to 109. And more than that, you know, we let one guy kill us in the fourth quarter. This dude had nine free throws. Dennis Schroeder had nine free throws and made all of them in the fourth quarter. Made nine points in the fourth quarter, all at the free throw strike, which was enough to not only come back, right, because he had a lead, to come back and... Put the Lakers ahead where you got to expect, you know, hero, you know, somebody to hit a three at the end to kind of put us ahead or win the game. And that game was, was tough because we didn't have hero. His back was hurting. He had spasms and they kept him out of the game thinking we don't need him to beat the Lakers at this level, which is true. We don't really need hero to beat this Lakers team. How wrong were we? Not that wrong because it came down to a, to a last second like type shot, but fuck. But, but you don't think that if he was in the, in there, it doesn't change it, and it doesn't have to come down to a last second shot. No, that, for sure, true. for sure. And look, Jimmy missed the, the three pointer at the end, right? But he still had twenty seven points in the game. He did enough to win the game. Same thing with Bam. We always, I always feel like if Bam scores thirty, like that should be a dub, dog. You know what I mean? Back to back games when he be, has thirties. But now when we're missing our other leading scorer, true. But then somebody has to step up. We you mentioned know, that's we, we mentioned Oladipo. We mentioned like Strews having a well, good game Oladipo, here and there. Oladipo, where he's stepping up is more on the defensive side, man. True. Where I've been seeing a lot is on the defensive end of the ball. You know, making stops, making plays, and then he can still score. You know, you can rely on the guy on a fast break to, or you know, transition bucket to do something, make the For right sure. move or whatever, because he's a savvy veteran. Um, but he's still not that scorer that is going to be able to bring that element. Well, he he can be. He can be. And look, you said it. We saw it in the Phoenix game, right? Uh, 26 points, uh, highest scoring game of the season for him so far. Second time, this West Coast road trip that he had more than 20 points, right? Second time the whole season where he scores more than 20 points, right? But Case it, in point. His de- he still got cooked up a little bit on defense by Chris Paul. You know, and Chris Paul ended up leaving the game, which I think is what allowed Oladipo to feel more free on offense, right? To kind of say, all right, I don't have to play hardcore defense now. I can focus more, a little bit more on, on my offense. And, you know, the Suns were kind of shorthanded too. No Booker, CP3 left in the game in the second quarter. Like, we should have won that game, again, handedly, handedly, you know? Without Victor Oladipo's game that day, four of six on the three, uh, I think he made eight of 10 free throws. You know, maybe we don't win that game. Bam had a modest game that night, 21 and 11. Um, Jimmy, 20 points. He was perfect from the line, 10 of 10. And it still felt like it was close to beat the Suns, right? And we should have dominated them. Scoreline looks like if we did, but we didn't like, didn't close out the game that way. You know, the game still got within five, six points with like two minutes left. And that's not close enough. You know, that's that's too close for a good team like like um, the Suns are. And had they been with their two prime players, we probably would have, you know, given, given up that game. Mm-hmm. Gr- lucky for us, they've been on a losing streak. I think they've lost five, six out of the last seven games. Like they're trending down. They're, they're not doing well because yeah. of the injuries. Yeah, the injuries are hitting. Devin Booker's not on the floor for them. But if you think about it in retrospect, them. we could have won three games in a row there. 
But we dropped that game against the Lakers, and that shit kind of kills the road trip. You know what I mean? 100%. Because then after beating the Suns, you come home, and you're like, all right, we did good on the road. We got ourselves back to 500. You know, let's let's get the ball rolling. We're back at home. Let's get this homestand kicked off the right way. Facing a Brooklyn Nets team who's been on fire, right? Previous to this game, they've won uh, 17 out of the last 19 games. Climbing up the East, literally a game and a half, a, a half a game behind Boston. Like KD and Kyrie are looking looking serious. Them, them boys are looking serious since they cl- both are healthy now, right? Super healthy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not no more because we saw that um, Kevin Durant kind of knocked knees with uh, Jimmy Butler uh, during, like, I think the second quarter or the third quarter. It was like quarter. Jimmy landed on him. Like It was it weird. Was, Durant was, like, under the rim, and then Jimmy was falling back. Uh, like to the ground and he kind of like landed on his leg I, I think right yeah it was weird man and, and and when he did go down you could tell that KD knew immediately that something was wrong because he was like I'm not moving he was like yo come pick me up right like signaling towards the bench like something's wrong here it turns out to be that he had an MCL sprain so they don't know how long he's going to be out which kind of sucks for Brooklyn obviously it sucks for Brooklyn because you gain all this momentum having your two superstars right climb all the way up the east and now you get a kind of a setback you know losing KD and even in that game they lost KD we played the whole second half without just facing Kyrie Irving and he still cooked us you know had 29 points 10 to 21 um missed a big 3 at the end while in the fourth quarter when the he were up right we make a big comeback bring the game up now we're up he takes the three with about nine seconds left. And we're, I'm thinking, shit, this works out perfectly for the Heat, man. We didn't even have to wait. Rebound comes off. There's not one Heat player close to it. Not one, dog. Freaking guy, uh, what's his name? Royce O'Neal gets the offensive rebound, goes right back up with it. Nobody, no, nobody knows who that guy is. Nobody knows who that guy is. But the fact, look, Bam, don't get me wrong. Bam wasn't in there at the end of, of the game possession because he hurt. He got hurt, right? He hurt his hand. Uh, and even still, he was off. You could tell that that hand was bothering him. He missed the, only, the three field goal free throws that he took. He missed them all, which is very unlike Bam, right? Um, he's, he's trending upward in that free throw percentage. And in that game, it was like, yo, how the hell did we not get a single body on this guy? Which goes back to my point when we talk about what's missing. Size is one of those things that is missing. You know what I mean? Length is one of those things that is missing on this Heat team. Um, because that's what it was that got him that offensive rebound. And, and that guy pretty much won the game. Because after that, uh, we had an opportunity to take the ball out of, right? There was still like five seconds, four seconds left. I think it was 3.9 if I'm, if I'm correct. Three seconds left, more than enough time to get a shot off, at least a dribble, do a move, right? Get the ball into Jimmy's hand. And on the screen, Tyler Hero gets knocked down to the ground. Everybody notices, no foul call. Okay, cool. Now the Heat are down one. It's 102 to 101. So all we need is a two-pointer. Ball gets passed into Jimmy. Jimmy has good position, makes a drive, gets hit on the way to the rim. Hit on the way to the rim. Pushed off, misses the layup. No call. Game over. When I saw that, dog, if my TV wasn't so nice, <laughs> I probably would have punched my TV. She would have ended up on Biscayne. For sure. You know what I mean? For sure. Because how that just shows you that the Heat aren't winning that many games this season to earn the respect of the referees to get those type of calls. Not to say that that wasn't that they didn't miss the call. They totally missed the call, right? They totally missed the call. But, you know, Jimmy's not going to cry about it. Uh, Hero's not going to cry about it. 
Spo made his complaints known to the referees after the game. Like, yo, you guys missed that. And we should have been we should have been shooting two free throws, you know. Maybe he makes them, maybe he misses them, whatever. The the foul should have been called. It just sucks to lose those games like that, right? But it just, but it, it brings back the reality of this team that we're too inconsistent and we don't have the ability. We don't have the ability to win close games, whether it's on the road or at home. When it, when we get into a tough position, we fold more often than not. And that shit sucks to see, man. That's why this record is whack, 21 and 20. Yeah, that's kind of halfway into the season. That's where we've been for, you know, the last few weeks here is just kind of floating around that 500. Right. You know, we got we got to 500. We were below it for a while and then we got there. And now it hasn't been like a strong surge or a good push to get past it. It's like, no, we're just kind of a 500 team right now. And we're happy to hang out here. It looks like we're happy to hang out here. You know, we can hang with, you know, the the better teams in the league in, in close games. But like you said, can't close them out. Can't close them out. You know, and, and and I don't know what else, like, the players can do. Because if you talk about, oh, well, what's Jimmy doing? Oh, he's balling. Oh, what's, well, what about Hero? He's balling. Oh, man, we need more from Bam. Nah, he's balling. Guy just averaged 27 points and 10 rebounds on the West Coast trip. Shooting 59% from the field. 78% from the free throw line. Yeah, you don't need more from Bam. Bam's good. Back-to-back 30-point games? No, nah, my man is good. What we need is help for Bam in the paint. What we need is for Kyle Lowry to step up so that we don't have to rely on Oladipo coming off the bench to provide some scoring at that point guard position. What we need is another body that is able to score the ball because Struess has been hot and cold. Duncan, hot and cold. Um, Gabe Vincent hasn't even been available as much. You know, Caleb Martin recently hurt. Uh, Duncan's going to be out for an extended period of time, right, with the surgery. We need another guy who can score the bucket, and it can't just be Oladipo because for as good as he looks in those spurts and flashes, it's not consistent enough, you know. He's averaging only 10 points a game this year. Kind of bad. I needed him to be closer to that 15-pointer game, especially coming off the bench with what Tyler Hero was able to do with the same opportunity. Right, because there was somebody starting, and Hero had to come off the bench and get all those all those minutes. Now, Hero starting, Oladipo's on the bench. He's the first one usually getting called into the game, so he needs to be able to produce like a six man, you know. And that doesn't mean go out there and score twenty points per game, but fuck, go in there and contribute, dog. Really make up, really contribute. We get it. You're doing stuff on the defensive side. That's great. We expect that from you. This is Miami Heat basketball, where defense comes first. That's that's the the foundation for any player here. But we need from you is explosiveness. What we need from you is that creative mind that you have, the ability offensively, those skills. That's what we need because we're already getting it from our main guys. Our main guys are providing what we can what we can get, and we're and it's not enough. And we can't ask more from them. You can't ask Bam to average thirty five points. You can't tell Butler, hey, we need ten more points a game from you, Hero. We need you to score ten. Nah, we need the other guys to step up. You know what I mean? We need the other guys to step up. Yeah, it's tough to ask the guys that are already excelling to do more. You right? Know? It's 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 this is not what we saw last year when we were, you know, 
getting good wins when Bam was out, when Hero was out, when Jimmy was out. We had Gabe Vincent stepping up. Max Struess, where are you at, dog? Where are you, you at, your bro? Your stroke's off right now, bro. And your defense is looking like Duncan Robinson. It's like, <laughs> what's going on with you? you That's know? pretty bad, dog. I mean, we haven't really seen him. You know, he was a guy that we've been able to really, you know, rely on. Uh, For sure. You know, in the last year or so. And, and he hasn't really shown that this season. Um, like you mentioned, Caleb Martin dealing with injury and stuff. Our big mans, I mean, Dwayne Dedman was giving us good minutes last year. He's not giving us trash good minutes this year. Highsmith is balling, outplaying him by a lot. That's that's my point. So, you know, it's it's we're still missing something, man. I mean, it's, we just need more from the guys that we have right now. We need more from the guys that we have right now. For this dude, Kyle Lowry, to be averaging what thirteen points a game this season, that's the, like that's almost borderline disrespectful, dog. I don't think he scored twenty points in the last ten games that he's played. Like, come on, my boy, come on, my boy. You're out here making all this money, dog. And it's not even about the money for me. The contract is the contract, right? That's that's not my money, dog. But it's the expectation that comes with it, dog. You need to be able to score points, dog. And if you're not scoring points for us, then what the hell are you doing, dog? What the hell are you doing? You're just out here to pass? Because you're not even in double average assist, averaging five assists a game. Like, if you're not scoring and you tell me, hey, I'm doing the rondo where I'm giving out 14 assists a game and I'm scoring seven points here. All right, cool. We'll take that. But that's not that's not what he's doing, dog. That's not what he's doing, and he hasn't been capable of that. And even in the last, like like I said, bro, last month in December, one twenty point game, on two games where he scored more than fifteen points, and this in this month so far hasn't passed twelve points. Dog is struggling. Yeah, we're not we're not too fond of Cal uh, Lowry. And it's not the opportunities because he's playing the games. It's not the off-court stuff because we, he's already settled that. Yeah. Whatever it is, he's taking a step back. And that shit is really dragging us down like an anchor. He's going to have to step up, dog. He's going to have to step up. What other heat got coming up? Uh, Coming up, the heat got a little bit of uh, home cooking, right? We got a game on Tuesday, the night you guys are hearing this, against OKC. Tough matchup. You know, that OKC team full of young studs. Um. You know, that, that, his name always escapes me, man. I'm going to find his name right White now. White boy? Nah. Nah, 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 nah. Um, dude, he's like the shooting guard. Jesus H. Christ, man. That's his name? Yes. I know a guy. Yes, bro. No, it's Gilgis Alexander. That's his name. His first name always Shay, is. Shea uh, Gilgis Alexander. That's the guy. Yeah. He's a beast. He's a really good player. Young, energetic, um, has that team with a lot of energy. And that's a team that's doing, you know, not that great, very beatable team. They're 18 and 22 on the season. So this is an opportunity for the Heat to get this game. But they're going to have to deal with a guy who can really score buckets and score buckets themselves. Can they do that? I don't know. Bam had an x-ray on his right hand today. It was negative. Maybe he misses this game against OKC. Maybe, you you know, maybe you don't bring him back until that Thursday game against the Bucks because we play Bucks back to back this week. Um, we have Tuesday against OKC. Thursday, we play the Bucks. Saturday, we play the Bucks again at home. Wild. And then Monday, we head to Atlanta. Wild. How you win? How do you win those two games back to back against the Bucks? I don't know, man. You got to get the game against OKC. You got to get the game against OKC in order to give yourself a chance to get one of the two games against the Bucks. Because they're, they're not going to arrest their players. They're on a mission to try to catch Boston. They're on a mission to try to catch yeah. Brooklyn. So those guys ain't messing around. No. You know what I mean? They got the Greek freak. 
And that Monday matchup against Atlanta is tough, even though Atlanta's been kind of off this season, right? Trey Young and the organization not having enough, having those issues, whatever. Um, they're still right there. They're right behind us. They're literally, what, a game and a half behind us? So if depending on how these next three games look, we could be, you know, playing for playoff positioning, which is weird as hell to say for this Heat team, dog, because it's so talented, man. It's so talented. And for it to, for us to be at this position right now, man, it's weird, man. Mm. It's weird. You know, it's, it, it's not as weird as the Panthers, though. I will give the Heat that. The Heat have not been as bad as the Panthers this year. How crazy is that? A couple weeks ago, that was a different story. About a month ago, we, yeah. we, we wouldn't have said that statement. The only difference is that he were dealing with injuries. Now they're not dealing with injuries. Panthers haven't been dealing with injuries. They've just been very inconsistent. And now they're still under 500, 18, 19, and four on the season. Um, even though they've won two out of the last three games, they're still fifth in the division, 11th. Yes, you heard me right. That's 1-1, T-H, 11th in the Eastern Conference. Is This team is un- unrecognizable, dog. And if it wasn't for Matthew Kachuk, who got named uh, to the All-Star team, the only Panthers so far to be named to the All-Star team, even though Carter Verhage should have got there, in my opinion. Um, if it wasn't for Matthew Kachuk, I don't think this team would have even been on the map because the coach failing or not having the same impact as the previous coach who was an interim coach. And this guy coming in with a resume from hell and all this stuff. Z- to, to have this Panthers team, under 500, one of the worst defenses in the league is weird. Weird. Because this is probably, obviously, not probably, this is the worst season that the Panthers have had in the last five years that you and I have, can even think about. Because the last three years have been super successful for the Panthers. They've won a bunch of games, moved up in the division, made the playoffs, got to the second round. Moving ahead every season. This season looks like they took two steps back because they're not even challenging. Like to say, Kanye, we're in the mix. We're not as good as we were last year, but we're in the mix. This year is like teams that are beating us are like, yo, they're, they're whooping us. We're not losing one goal games. They're whooping us. And when we do win, they're close games. Case in point, we beat Arizona five to three at home, right? Uh, face 30, we had 37 shots. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy play with 20 giveaways. In that game, 20 giveaways. Just so you know, right. Just so you know, an average game Uh, is like seven giveaways on a bad day. We get, we, in that game, 20, and we still find a way to win. But we won because of, uh, like our, uh, like I said earlier, our all star, Matthew Kachuk, had a uh, hat trick. Three goals. Uh, His first uh, as a Panther? First as a Panther. We made a post about it on on Instagram. Um, And without him setting the tone, scoring first in the the game, right, and then adding two more goals in the second period to kind of put that distance away from us, maybe we don't win that game. And that game was a real team effort because there were six guys that had assists of those five goals. You know, in hockey, you can have two guys get an assist on a goal. Um, So we had six different guys involved in the creation of the goals, which shows you that when the Panthers are fluid, they can't pull points up. But the problem is the three goals. You know, can't, that's not what we were giving up last year. And and then the matter that we're giving those goals up, you know, Um, but you can't blame it all on Spencer Knight. He had 33 saves, including a power play save, which would have been huge at that moment in order to get the victory. You follow that up, and you're thinking, all right, let's get let's get back-to-back wins here. We're facing a Detroit team. We're very familiar. Let's go to war. That game was close. Ends up being 3-2. to two. Hey, but that's a back-to-back dubs. 
Yeah, but look, even even that game that we got outscored, outshot, right? Uh, thirty-one to twenty. Twenty. We have five penalties. So they're one, um, and all the defensemen scored the goals. Aaron Ekblad had the goal, uh, had two goals. Um, Gus Forsling had a goal. The power and there were power play goals, and that's what made the difference. That's how we were able to win the game. Capitalizing on power plays, we went two for two on the power plays. Uh, Detroit went zero for five. Had they get one, they probably tie that game, push it to overtime, and get the point. That separation from when we're leading isn't happening anymore for the Panthers. At least with the Heat, like you've seen them take leads and go up 15, go up 17, go up 12 on teams. Can they hold on to it? They struggle with that. But the Panthers aren't even putting themselves like with enough space. Like, hey, let's give ourselves a two-goal lead, a three-goal lead, win a game four to one, five to two. Ah, it's always close. It's always close. And even in that game, like... You know, we tied. It was a it was a tough game. We should have lost that game, and it tied the the longest win streak that we've had this year, which is two. Hey, two two game winning streaks for the Panthers this season. <sighs> Last year they had like nine streaks of winning streaks. Yeah, and multiple like different different streaks. more than three games. Four, five, four, five, seven, eight. I don't know what. Again, you can only point to certain things that changed on this Panthers team. Then you think about it like, then you say, all right, well, the Panthers got two two wins back to back. Maybe they found their mojo. They've been in close, close matchups. Let's see what they can do on the road. Go out there and get against, smoked. Against what team? The Dallas Stars. Which where, is, where do they stand? They're number two in the West. Number one in their division. Just want to get some context. Yeah, but still, you got smoked. Four to one. It wasn't even a game. By the time the, one or five to one? Five to one. By the time we came into the second period, it was 3-0, and the only goal that we scored was a re- off a rebound shot, you know, where Carter Verhage pounced on the rebound before any any of the other defensemen could get to it, and he finished it up, scored the first goal. The only goal. The, the only goal. Without that, that game would have been 5-0 because it was 4-1, it was four to one, and then they got an empty netter with about five minutes left once the Panthers went for it to try to get a goal back or whatever. Right. But... Being down three to one by the end of the second, it's like, how do does a team that has struggled so much like the Panthers even give themselves the energy or the thought to say, yeah, we can bounce back and get this game in the third period? I don't know. There's no confidence in that team right now. There's no way that they could have confidence. And I'm sure they, they lack a lot of confidence in the coach, too, because like 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 we knew about the previous coach whose his name escapes me. But I know I know that. That he was just an interim coach. Oh, Burnett? Yeah, Burnett. But the players wanted to play for him. The players were surrounded him. They backed him up when the shit went down with the scandal and they suddenly had a new coach within a day. The players responded to him. The players aren't responding to Maurice for whatever it is. There's zero response from this team. And that shit is just awkward for me, man. Because this is a team full of talent. You got one of the best forwards in the game right now. And Matthew Kachuk makes the all-star game top 10 in goals, like in points. Like, what's up? What's up? There's enough talent on this team to be better. Uh, no, here, this team, it's a difference with the Heat. So this is the ju- juxtaposition is that with the Heat, it feels like there's something missing in the sense of like, there's another player that's missing. We're missing True. something else. Like another player out there, another body. This Panthers team, they got all the bodies they need. There's just something that's not working right about this team right now. And it's, no, not, it's not working to its to its full potential. Absolutely not, man. And it's very troublesome to see that, right? Because again, we knew we expected the Panthers to have a great season after their run last year. 
get more talent, get younger, get a little bit better on the offensive side, which is what we were lacking. And now it feels like everything that we've built defensively has gone to shit and the players don't really trust the coach. Now we're in a tough spot where we're not even in the playoffs right now. Brutal. Brutal, bro. Brutal. Got to hope that the second half of the season uh, really changes for the Panthers. You know, got a road trip coming up. That shit's not going to be easy. Like, they're going to have to play better immediately, you know, immediately. In order to give themselves a chance, right? For this, If this team, let me tell you, bro, I'm seriously considering firing the coach if the Panthers don't make the playoffs. You got to consider a, that. There's a good chance he gets fired before that. Right, like if they're already if this gets if this gets away from him even more, yes, you got to expect that the organization with the record that they've had for the last few years, yes, and with the same exact roster for the most part, and a player like Kachuk, who's a all star first year with the Panthers, you got you got to get that guy out of there. Absolutely agree with you, brother. Absolutely agree with you. If if you're Bill Z, uh, Z, uh, the GM Bill Zito, he's definitely looking at the coach like maybe I messed up here. If this guy can't reel it in, and there's 15 games left in the season, and the Panthers are eight games out of the last uh, playoff spot, that guy's going to get fired for sure. For sure. And he'll, he'll probably deserve it. He'll probably deserve it. Um, before we wrap up, man, tonight is the college football championship game between number three TCU and number one Georgia. You, you know, I'm a Canes guy. I do watch the SEC uh, occasionally. For me, when I look at this game, I'm like, man, I would really like to see TCU win it since they haven't won it since 1938. Like a long time ago, you know, and uh, some teams have never won it. True. Other teams have won it multiple times, like the Hurricanes. But whatever. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the the final game right here of the season for college football. And I I personally, when we when I watch this game tonight, I'm I'm hoping that TCU can pull the upset off, man, because I would love to see TCU make that history. Right. Um, Cinderella season, go out there and beat some of the biggest monsters on the field and and get that national championship. So if you're asking me who I think is going to win. You know, I think Georgia's going to win this game. I think they're, you know, a much better program coming off of a national championship already. And, you know, they, they have what it takes to to outright beat TCU. But talking to my friend today, you know, also UCF alumni, shout out UCF, I'm wearing the hoodie right now. <laughs> Next year, they're going to be moving over to the Big 12. Yeah. Which currently TCU lives in. And if TCU were to win this national championship, that would only be... I mean, how good would that be for UCF coming into that conference now and saying, hey, we got to play the defending champs? Not only that, to say in this conference, if we're good enough, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a small tunnel, small little light, but we can get there because look at the team that's up there now. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So for that reason, I I hope that TCU wins it. You know, he kind of he kind of swayed me in that direction. If I'm betting, though, I got to bet Georgia. But if I'm thinking about my alma mater, I got to hope that, you know, TCU wins and and bring some you know positive energy to the Big 12. Facts. I'm going with TCU because, like I said, man, I want to see the the story. You know, I love the underdog story. That shit's always cool to me, man. And um, I think it's the, the college football could use some of that. Right. A little a little Cinderella story and not seeing the same old teams winning year in year out between georgia alabama and all that shit exactly exactly time to switch it up man time to switch it up but yeah man let's go ahead and uh wrap this up 
And uh, but before I do, make sure to check us out on YouTube. Right now, we've just dropped two videos. We got OnlyFans Week 18 out right now. Check that out. And I just dropped a fight rewind with Victor Bermudez. Uh, we covered the Javante Davis versus Hector Luis Garcia fight. Check out what Vic has to say. A guy's super knowledgeable when it comes to boxing, man. And then importantly, more importantly, you got to tell a friend. To tell a friend. To tell one more friend. To tell another friend while they're at it. To tell one more friend about this amazing podcast. Trust me, guys. We got a lot going on for you and we can't wait to bring you this amazing content with the amazing equipment that we have until next time y'all peace